You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on into a special edition of the podcast. BYU pounds Troy 48 to 7. The Cougars have now outscored their first two opponents 103 to 10 in a combined score there. Impressive, impressive second game for the Cougars after 19 days off as they take down the Trojans. We're going to break it down with your guys' comments on the game. My thoughts, uh, post-game comments from Kalani Satake as well as BYU players. So a lot to get to ahead on a special edition of the podcast. So without further ado, let's get into it. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for September 27th, 2020. Toe of the tailback, they give it straight ahead for a touchdown. I think that's the fullback, Mason Wake, who got the ball, and BYU goes for it on fourth and goal, and just barely, Mason Wake crosses the goal line for the first points of this game. They go for it on fourth down after they went for it on fourth down and got the touchdown in the first quarter. Pass fake on first down, going deep down the middle. Open receiver, caught for the touchdown. What a pass and catch, Gunner Romney. Wilson doesn't get credit for the touchdown throw, but he does get a run. Wilson sprinting left, throws end zone, and it's caught. Touchdown. That was a great throw. The tight end, Isaac Rex. Kick is on the way, and that kick looks great. Man, with distance to spare. Jake Oldroy, that was a big leg. Kicking at altitude, maybe, but still, that was impressive. The final play of the first half, he boomed it through. Here, Wilson with a play fake, going deep left side. He's got a man wide open, and the catch is made. That's Powell down the sideline. Neil Powell into the end zone. Touchdown. I say Powell, that's Dax Milne. Milne with the catch from Wilson, and BYU is not slowing down. 70 yards to Dax Milne for the Cougars' touchdown. And Wilson's keeping it. Touchdown, Zach Wilson. His second rushing touchdown of the game. BYU's pouring it on. Had a lot to celebrate and more now as Mason Wake gets his second touchdown of the game. First play of quarter number four. He hadn't had a touchdown in his career until tonight. And he's scored twice. The BYU is an extra point away from making the cumulative score of their first two games of the year, 100-10. to 10. Wow. What's up, guys? Welcome on in. That's all of the highlights I could compile from the ESPN call of the game as BYU takes down the Troy Trojans 48-7. A marvelous outing for the Cougars once again as they go out and just make mincemeat of their opposition. Thanks again for taking the time to download your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars with us here, guys. If you're downloading for the first time, if you're just listening in for the first time, we are available everywhere podcasts can be found. So wherever you're listening in from, hit that follow or subscribe button. We talk BYU sports daily. I mean that. We go Monday through Friday, and in the off chance that BYU has a game over the weekend, we do a special edition normally to recap the game as well. So We have the best coverage in podcast form of the Cougars. Make sure to follow or subscribe to the show so that way you never miss an episode. All right, that was fun, folks, and I mean that sincerely. 
I have not covered a live sporting event in months, and I had a chance to go to Lavelle Edwards Stadium. I know many of you were hoping to go. Originally, 6,000 fans were supposed to be in the stands, and I was lucky enough as a media member to go cover this game, and I have to tell you what, it felt right. It just felt good to be out covering a football game. Very different still. Of course, no fans in the stands at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. They piped in some crowd noise that we could hear in the press box, but whenever it happened to cut out, I don't know if it was uh, looping and it just decided to cut out for a second or whatever, but when it did, it got eerily silent in that stadium. Really, really weird vibe, but nonetheless, BYU brought their own energy to this game, and they walk away 2-0, the 18th-ranked Cougars, as they get ready for Louisiana Tech next Friday. Now, the first thing from this game is I liked what BYU showed in terms of their offensive versatility. Of course, uh, 19 days ago, or I guess 20 days ago from now when you're hearing this, uh, BYU went out and just absolutely curb-stomped Navy, and they did it with a ground-and-pound attack. They absolutely ran right over Navy, running the ball all night long, 300-plus rushing yards in that victory. Well, in this game, Troy came out, and they saw the film from Navy, obviously, and they were hell-bent on stopping BYU's run game. No matter, though, for BYU, because what did BYU do? They just went out there and took what the defense gave them. Zach Wilson, uh, along with Baylor Romney and some other guys, piled up 472 passing yards in this game. Wilson, for his night, he went out in, uh, midway through the fourth quarter. He completed 23 of 28 passes, 392 yards, and two touchdowns. Had a long of 70 yards. You heard the Dax Milne, a touchdown catch there. Of course, uh, they screwed up on the identification. They called it Nil Pau to begin with, but hey, nonetheless, still a great outing for Zach Wilson, 392 yards. Baylor Romney, who came on in relief, was 5 of a 6 for 80 yards. And then Nil Pau on a failed trick play, uh, incomplete on his one attempt on the night. And I have to say, it was a great thing to see BYU say, you know what, if you're going to sell out to stop the run, all we're going to do is carve you up with our passing game. And that's exactly what they did. BYU is showing that the offensive versatility that they have is going to be a weapon they can use all year long. It was very, very impressive to see them do what they did. And I'm excited to see how things go moving forward for the Cougars here. Obviously, next week, Louisiana Tech might be one of the best, if not the best team on the schedule currently. Because, of course, it sounds like the Mountain West may allow BYU and Boise State to play a game in early November. More on that uh, later on. But... I think Louisiana Tech's going to come in here uh, to Lavelle Edwards Stadium expecting really to put a fight up against the Cougars. I'm telling you what, if BYU plays half as good as they played in the first two games, I'm talking about both the Navy game and then this game against, uh, I'm already forgetting their name, Uh, it's late, but Troy, excuse me, this is going to be a big opportunity for BYU just to go to 3-0. They play half as good as they did in these first two games. BYU is going to be a hell of an opponent for anybody that is on their schedule. It's a crying shame that BYU is not playing their original schedule. Six Power Five opponents on that schedule. Just it looked like an absolute murderer's row for a time there of what BYU may face this fall. But based on what we have seen for the first two games of the season, I have to say, folks, it is a crying shame that BYU is not playing some of those teams. I hope that BYU gets that Boise State game onto the schedule. I hope they also get some other games. Maybe that rumored UCF game comes back. Uh, BYU against Army. 
I want to see BYU play against, if they can't get a Power 5 team, I want to see them play against some of the best in the G5. And I think UCF and Boise State would be two of those that you would consider, you know what, this is a legitimate opponent. How be, How is BYU going to look against them? I think next week's game is going to be an interesting one because Louisiana Tech was a 10-win team a year ago. There's plenty to go on there. All right, getting back to this game here for a moment, though. A couple of the notes for you. Like I said, BYU showed off. You know what? If we're, you're going to take away our run game, no problem. We'll go out there and just take what you give us, and we'll we'll throw the ball. So 472 yards passing on the night. Zach Wilson, big star, two passing touchdowns as well as two rushing touchdowns. Uh, rushing for BYU came on strong in the second half as the Cougars said, you know what, we're going to end this game. We're just going to run it down your throat. And they finished with 192 rushing yards. That was a good outing for them to see that. Lopini Katoa leading the way with 11 carries for 76 yards. Tyler Algier, 10 carries for 50 yards. And how about Mr. Kavika Fanua? Two-way player extraordinaire. Played defense early on in this game, and then in the second half when BYU decided, you know what, we're going to let the backups take this the rest of the way with Baylor Romney at the controls. Kavika Fanua, as well as Miles Davis, another guy who is new to the running back position, got a lot of reps, and I think it's going to pay dividends for them coming down the stretch here. It's good to see them both. I was particularly impressed with Miles Davis, his burst. He showed some good natural ability. Obviously, he's not polished by any means as a running back, but I think he has shown some signs there that could be really, really good. Uh, Receiving in this game, Dax Milne, seven receptions, 140 yards. Gunnar Romney, five receptions, 138 yards. I'm telling you, folks, the versatility with BYU's offense, it is a marvelous thing to see. Uh, One thing before we move further here is I actually want to tell you guys about a, a a comment that I got from a BYU coach, and this was, let's see, I believe two weeks ago. So amidst BYU, obviously that 19-day span between games left a lot of downtime. And I happened to be talking back and forth with a BYU coach, just kind of getting some thoughts from them. And I, I got a comment from them saying, we have built this offense, Jake, for three years. What you saw against Navy is just the tip of the iceberg of what we're going to show this season. And I think that you saw in this game against Troy, another part of that iceberg. Who knows how deep this iceberg goes? Because, you know, traditionally icebergs, what, 10 to 20% of the iceberg actually sits above the water line and the vast majority of it sits below water. How deep and how versatile is BYU's offense, folks? That's a big question we need to talk with ourselves about. And that coach went on to say that he absolutely loves what BYU has on offense. He really likes how they're going about things. And I really do feel like the versatility, the weapons that BYU has on offense, there shouldn't be a game this year that BYU is going to be quote-unquote outgunned. I think there are too many weapons here for BYU to, to use. And Zach Wilson, he is in full control of this offense, folks. We have seen it for two games at this point. And spare me, your, Jake, you're getting ahead of yourself here. I don't think I'm getting ahead of myself, folks. I think BYU, based on what they have currently scheduled, Aiden knows a legitimate possibility and might be the expectation at this point. Sure, if you add Boise State, you add a UCF, okay, those are games that are very much a toss-up for the Cougars, but I really, really believe in this BYU football program. They look legit. They look different this year than they've looked in past seasons, and I'm looking forward to seeing how they do down the stretch here. A couple other notes uh, from the game from my personal uh 
observations covering the game there at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. I really like what they showed on defense. We got to see Micah Harper for the first time in a BYU uniform. He started, uh, surprisingly, alongside Chris Wilcox. Great to see Chris Wilcox, by the way, back out on the field. We talked about him earlier in the week as he was practicing with the ones all week long, and he showed pretty well early on in this game. But Micah Harper... Really impressed. True freshman, his first career game, first career start, and he goes out and tallies seven total tackles, three of them solo, a half a tackle for loss. It was a play that he combined with Zach Daw, if you recall, to upend the fly sweep is what it looked like from Troy. And I have to tell you what, really impressed with Micah Harper. If he continues on this track, of course, it's just one game in his career, and he'll obviously have tougher games ahead. But what he showed through one game, is this a kid, this is a kid who could be a multi-year starter for BYU at defensive back. There are a number of guys out in this game due to COVID-19. We talked about earlier this week, uh, guys like Tristan Hodge. His dad revealed that he had tested positive and then ended up with pneumonia. Kiefer Longson was out due to COVID-19 tracing methods and protocols. Additionally, Chris Jackson. That's one thing I got during the game last night. I happened to text somebody who would know and said, hey, I haven't seen Chris Jackson out there, the junior college kid. And I got the response that, yeah, he's out tonight due to COVID-19 protocols. Uh, Keenan Ellis, another guy who missed the game due to COVID-19. So a number of guys missing this game. But the nice part is BYU's depth was on full display in this game. They played a lot of guys once again, same thing they did against Navy, just became a route. And they said, you know what, we're going to put in the backups and let them have some run here. And it was good to see them do that. Uh, big ups to Kyrus Tonga. Nice stat line for him. Two tackles, uh, two of them solo. Two sacks for a total of 14 yards lost and a pass breakup. Oh yeah, and a partridge didn't pair a tree. Kyrus was a man amongst boys. He could not be blocked one-on-one. He had his first sack. Uh, they brought a, what, a five, six-man pressure from BYU. And Troy center and guard miscommunicated, and Kyrus came free immediately from the snap. And if you're Gunnar Watson, looking at a 340-pound nose tackle like Kyrus Tonga bearing down on you, heads up. Man, that's a scary, scary sight, I think, for Watson. But Kyrus Tonga, very impressive. I really liked what Zach Daw showed at points in this game. He had a nice sack off the edge. Tyler Batty, a lot of people that have pegged their hopes that he could be the next great pass rusher for BYU, really showed some good things. And I was going to see BYU get after it on the defensive side of the ball in terms of sacks. Last year, we've noted this before, 17 total sacks in 2019 through 13 games for the Cougars. Well, in 2020 through two games, BYU was a grand total of nine sacks. They are getting after it, folks. So a fun, fun night to be out there. I had a great time covering this game. We'll get to your guys' comments, your takeaways here in just a little bit. Coming up next, though, we're going to get to some of the comments from the post game. Kalani Satake, as well as BYU players, Zach Wilson, Lopini Katoa, and Kairos Tonga all speaking to the media. We'll get you some of their takeaways from the win as they now get ready for Louisiana Tech next Friday. Looking forward to that game already, folks, and I don't think I'm alone in looking forward to that. One thing before we get to their audio is a reminder for you guys, make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button wherever you're listening in from on this podcast. But additionally, if you don't mind, leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts as well as a review. I've got some BYU gear I'm happy to send out to you guys. I'm going to do a little bit of a raffle, a giveaway. And if you guys leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts in particular, you will be entered in to win that. So real simple to do. Leave us a five-star rating, a sentence or two, what you like about the show, in the comments section. And be happy to have you guys in that to possibly win some BYU gear that I will send out to you. That's easy to do. Leave us that rating and review. Rating and review. And a big thank you once again for your continued support of us here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. 
No, I just want to win games and, and uh, you know, play with sportsmanship and, and, and do things the right way. I, I, you know, I feel like, uh, you know, it doesn't look good for the stats that, that our red zone offense, you know, we, we've had to kneel down the, the ball twice now and it's okay. I, I like being in those, I like being in, in a situation where I have to make those decisions, you know, but uh, I don't believe in style points. I believe in just winning the game and, and establishing a, an identity that we want to get done for that game. And I felt like we've done it the last two weeks, uh, obviously looking forward to the matchup with Louisiana Tech, but yeah, I, I just feel like <clears throat> this is the right thing to do and and uh you know we, we did some great things the other 59 minutes were full of our our team playing the right way and 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 uh look at those minutes for the style points i, I know people look at the scoreboard and things like that and that's okay I, I feel like we were able to play our style of football and, and represent the right way there you go, Kalani Sitake, and you heard him talk about the fact, you know what, we just want to win games. That was a question, a response, I guess I should say, to a question that asking him, did you want to punch in another touchdown there late in this game? And BYU could have added another touchdown easily had they really wanted to put their foot on the gas. But Kalani Sitake, for the second straight game, inside the opponent's five-yard line, decides to take a knee, take some mercy on the opponent, and not run it up on them. And I think it's a respectable thing for him to do that, obviously. Miles Davis, you could tell, was trying to get in the end zone. It would be nice for him in his first game as a Cougar playing to get a touchdown. They did give him a chance. There was a run play with about two minutes to go, if I recall, that they gave him the ball. He decided to reverse field and got tackled near the line of scrimmage. And uh, after that, Kalani, they decided, you know what, we're going to run this clock out. They called timeout, then brought out the victory formation and called it a day. But all in all, a great showing for BYU. They now have a uh, scoring margin in terms of a win mar- winning margin of 93. It is the highest in the country. The next closest, as our good friend Joe Wheat pa- pointed out, is a plus 80 for SMU. Happens to be, be that the Mustangs have played three games already this season. So there you go. BYU absolutely obliterating their opponents, and good to see that. So good to hear from Kalani Satake. Let's get you some of the other sound here real quick, let you hear from some of these players and coaches on what they thought about this. Uh, Of course, Kalani Satake and his team, they're still dealing with COVID-19. Well, he talked about the fact of how they were preparing for this game, and you'll hear him talk about how late certain guys were returning to the lineup this week or last week in the lead-up to the game against Troy very interesting situation. Here you go. You know, looking at the coaches and the staff, I I, I thought they prepared, prepared really well. And then they, they, you know, looking at the practices, the things that we've had to do since we, you know, had to postpone the Army game. I was really, really happy with the way the coaches worked with the, with the players. And, you know, we, we had another uh, another small group of players that joined us on on Thursday. And so we didn't have a lot of time with them and wanted to just monitor their the physical part if they're in condition and, and good enough to play in the game. And um, we, we knew that we were going to have to use a, a good number of different players and uh, we wanted to get the scheme right that make sure our guys are going to play you know assignment sound football and 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 on offense defense and special teams so I was really pleased with the way the guys prepped Um, you know this is that's just kind of what you have to deal with when you're when you're going through the the pandemic you know dealing with COVID and and so we're going to have to continue to do that every week and and monitor our guys but uh, also know that there's a chance that some guys might not be able to play and we might have to uh, check out the depth and 
and we've done a lot of cross training with our guys and, and luckily it's helping us out especially in, in the game tonight there you go Kalani Satake and he had guys returning to the lineup returning to practice as late as Thursday and I can tell you guys this much I talking with people around the program I broke the news on Twitter I actually guess confirmed that Brianna Kafusi, the wife of Isaiah Kafusi, reported on Instagram that he would play well, he did test positive, allegedly, last Monday for COVID-19, but he registered two successive tests throughout the week that had him negative, essentially ruling that positive test is a false positive, and that cleared him to play. He did not get the official clearance until Saturday afternoon, so yesterday afternoon when I'm recording this podcast to play in that game, but it was good to see Isaiah get his opportunity to play out there, and it just shows how unique the situation is for everybody in college football and BYU notwithstanding when it comes to dealing with COVID-19. It's just a, you have so many unknowns, and it's just crazy as you try and deal with that. Of course, Zach Wilson had a big game in this. I asked him the question, what has been the key to you guys being so good on offense through two games? He, of course, deflected the attention, but here's what he said. You know, playmakers, I'd say we're, we're very versatile. We got great running backs, you know, dudes making, uh, you know, big time plays, making guys miss. And then, you know, at the same time, you know, I can throw a swing route to a back. I can throw a, an arrow to a receiver and those guys are going to make guys miss and they're going to go make big time plays down the field. And, um, you know, really, I, I just think we have that playmaking ability where guys aren't letting the first one take them down. So there you go, Zach Wilson. You heard him talk about the fact that the playmakers is what's really making things go for the Cougars. And I have a hard time disagreeing with him. I think that the weapons that BYU has on offense, and of course, you'd like to have guys like Chaz Ayu out there. On offense, you'd like to have Matt Bushman out there. There's no doubt about it. BYU does have a hole at tight end right now. And that's not to say that guys like Isaac Rex and Carter Wheat aren't doing a great job. Mason Wake, to a degree, is more of a H-back fullback type, but you'd like to have Matt Bushman out there. Good to see Isaac Rex get his first career touchdown in this game, obviously. He is going to have a lot more touchdowns, I feel like, in a BYU uniform, and the cabbage patch dance, a lot of people got him going. And by the way, quick note, the dancing on the sideline last night, I thought it was hilarious. The best one, though, Wes Wright, a former uh, JUCO transfer from Snow College. He's a walk-on to the BYU football program. Wes Wright getting the dance and going with that arm. Uh, good friend on uh, Twitter, a couple of them actually pointed out, was he trying to do like Night of the Roxbury type of moves? But regardless, notoriety is publicity at its finest and good to see BYU having a great time in a win and you know what you'll take it you can be famous on in social media you take it and you move on with it it's a great thing to have out there so good to see guys like Wes Wright having a good time a couple other things for you guys here of course Kyrus Tonga I asked him the question during this game well what has led to you guys increasing your sack put out because we talked about the fact or output not put out uh, from 17 an entire season over 13 games a year ago you've got nine already this season here's what he thinks has led to the increase I think just trusting in our play um, just just playing ball and just trusting in our our technique and everything that we've uh, we've practiced so just it's just going out and um, executing what we've uh, we've been doing so far uh, during camp. There you go, Kairos Tong, and you heard him talk about the fact we're just kind of playing the way we were supposed to play, and it's good to hear them and actually see them getting those results on the field. How great is the drop eight defense against a passing attack like Troy brought out when you can get three and four man rushes home and get sacks on Gunnar Watson? It is the best defense in the world if you can get away with it. 
BYU can't rely on that all the time, and I don't believe that they're going to rely on it. We saw them bring more blitzes in this game against Troy than I have seen, even more than they brought against the likes of USC. But Kairos Tonga, he was a man amongst boys yesterday. We saw him absolutely clobber multiple teams a year ago. He was great against Navy. But I think he took it to another level against Troy. He was unblockable one-on-one, just made life overall miserable for Troy's defense, uh, not defensive line, their offensive line. I can guarantee you this, the right tackle for Troy, he's going to have an awful day rewatching this film. Of course, he gave up a sack that Zach Daw came around the edge on as well as late in the game. Same thing with Tyler Batty. It was a great, great night if you're a BYU football fan in terms of the sack output, and nice to see that. All right, one final note here I wanted to get to was another quote from Kairos Tonga, and Jay Drew asked a very interesting question. He said, hey, you're a straight shooter. I want your thought on this. Did you want to see BYU score another touchdown there at the end of the game? Here's what Kairos had to say. I like scoring, but Kalani's a, a classy guy, and um, Coach Pugh on, on the other side of the ball is, is, is always uh, respect, and uh, that's something I, I love about Coach Kalani is uh, no matter who the opponent is, um, we'll always show respect in and, and class and uh, good sportsmanship. So it's fun. We don't see it at, at the at the moment, but uh, we realize that as soon as uh, it happens. So it was fun. There you go, Kairos Tonga, and I think he had a good point there. He likes to see points put on the board, and just kind of a funny thing after this, Kairos was the last media interview, and the feed didn't cut off right away. They didn't mute it right away, and you could hear a voice talking to Kairos. Hey, great job with that answer on that final question. Of course, Kairos answered it diplomatically, but I think they were worried that he might go off and say, yeah, we should have stuck it to him and just thrown it down their throat. He kind of said that, but he said it in a much more, um, what should we call a calm or uh, just a different demeanor to his answer. And I think it was acceptable, but still cool to see him talk about the fact, yeah, you'd like to see points put on the board. But he also understood where Kalani Sitake stood. You don't want to show up an opponent and come off as a poor sport, a sore winner. I guess what we call a sore winner. But regardless, a good answer there from Kairos Tonga. All right, so there you go. The coaches have had their say. The players have had their say. I've had my say. Let's get your guys' say coming up next. How about that? We'll get you guys' comments. I asked for them on social media, on Twitter in particular. We'll get to those here in just a moment. Uh, Real quick, a reminder for you guys, if you'd like to advertise with this podcast, we have great success. We have thousands of unique listens each and every day to this podcast. If you have a company, a product, a service that you'd like to advertise with us here, we'd love to get you guys on board. We work with great companies in the past, All Guard Pest Control, Deseret First Credit Union, our good friends over at Griffles and Biomat USA. We've had some incredible partners here on the podcast, and we'd like to have you guys on board as well. If you are interested in advertising with the podcast, we've got great rates. Happy to help you guys out. And like I said, reach thousands of BYU fans, both here in the United States and even worldwide. We have a great network of BYU fans. Be happy to get you guys in contact with Email the show, lockedonbyu at gmail.com is the email address. Love to have you guys on board and get you guys on the road to advertising success right here with the Locked On Cougars podcast. As we close out this special edition of the podcast, it is really late. What are we looking at? I'm almost 3 a.m. in the morning here, mountain time, recording this podcast, but I am staying up and doing the work, and it's a blast to be with you guys. It is your time to shine. Your guys' takeaways from this game is BYU just absolutely crushes Troy 48-7. to Let's get to your guys' comments. First up, Daniel Haslam at Dan Haslam. He said, this team is fun. I really wish we could have seen them against their original schedule. I completely agree, Dan. 
I hope that BYU and Boise State happens. I hope BYU is able to pick up a couple of games late in the season against the likes of maybe a UCF, etc. You'd like to see them really kind of get those testing games. And here's hoping they stay healthy throughout the rest of the schedule. But the good news is, early on, BYU looks absolutely dominant, and that's about as much as you can ask for at this point from this team. All right, on to the next one. Let's see. Adam Parker, our good friend, Parma26. We are getting yak. I haven't seen that in a while. And Adam knows of what he speaks. He played collegiate football, and you're not kidding. Good to see BYU getting those yards after the catch, even yards after contact on the running downs for BYU. Nice to see these guys getting an opportunity to show what they can do. And I think that's a good sign that they're getting that yak. And it's good to see. I agree with you, Adam. Our good friend, uh, Ryan Van Wagenen at Wild Turkey Fart Blend at VWAG23 says, we have a lot of guys from a lot of positions that can step onto the field at any point and be able to contribute. I agree there also with you, Ryan. I think it's good to see guys like Micah Harper, his first career start in his first career game. And he goes out and puts up the second most tackles on the team, seven total tackles. Good to see stuff like that. I think the depth that Kalani Satake has preached forever. He's talked about the fact we want to be a deep team. We want to be able to put guys on there and be able to have them contribute at a high level. Well, I think they're on their way, and it's good to see that paying off. Our good friend and Glenn at G. Hansen 25 says the defense was pretty good, and Wilson with almost 400 pa- yards passing was nice. You're not kidding on both of those, Glenn. I wanted to see Zach go over that 400-yard mark. He set the, his career record with 392 passing yards. It would have been nice to see him get that opportunity to put it at 400 and then get off the field. But regardless, seeing guys like Baylor Romney come on in relief, that knows that shows you, hey, you know what? We're up so big now that we can really relax and sit back and enjoy this win. Uh, our good friend Gordon Gakota says, I think these are great wins, but I hope we don't drink the Kool-Aid. It seems like when things are good, that is when BYU gets humbled. Fans and players alike just need to focus on the next game and stick to the cliche. You're not kidding. You're not wrong. I, I agree with you, Gecko. And the nice part is I think BYU next week, Louisiana Tech is going to have BYU's full attention. They have a day shorter to prepare for this game. It's a Friday night game at Lavelle Edwards Stadium there on Friday night ahead of uh, General Conference for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And Louisiana Tech's a 10-win team from a year ago. They're undefeated right now coming into this game against BYU, but hey, I think that the coaching staff will be have them will have the team prepared for this opponent. And all that you need to do is pull up Louisiana Tech's film and show this team what they can do. Skip Holtz has a very good program, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do against the Cougars on Friday night. Here's hoping BYU goes out and puts up another monster performance as another win here. Uh, of course, Gecko had another good comment after that. He said, I always hate how traffic is a mess right after a ho- game. Good luck to everyone trying to get home before Sunday with a kind of a the shifty, like the kind of I'm funny uh, emoji. You're not kidding, Gecko. I had a great time in terms of traffic. I rolled in, rolled right out, and it was great. And I know that is it, kind of rude in a way, but... It was nice just to kind of, you know what, I don't have to worry about parking and everything, but I do hope at some point here in the near future, BYU does get fans back into Lavelle Edwards Stadium. I mean that sincerely. The silence in the stadium when the audio cut out was just weird. I I can't explain it unless you were there to experience it. It just was so, so strange to see a football game going on in front of absolutely no fans. Uh, A couple other things here. Garrett at SF Garrett says, do you think UCF is going to happen? If they want to go to the playoff and BYU is top 20, I don't know why they wouldn't schedule them. I hope it does. I was hearing some very strong indicators that a game was coming. 
I do think that BYU has a so you'd call contingency contracts with certain programs. If they have openings later on the season, they don't have to have games with COVID postponed, etc. Those games go into effect. I could very theoretically see one like UCF in the works for BYU there. We'll see if it ultimately plays out, but I'd like to see them get both that Boise State game and maybe a UCF game. But regardless, get as many games as you can if you're BYU because if you want to stay in the national relevance, you just got to keep winning games and winning them handily, and you keep doing that, you're going to continue to get a notoriety. Uh, another thing from Garrett here says, this, does this dominant win keep BYU in the top 20? That's a great question, Garrett, because, of course, the AP poll comes out tomorrow, and all teams who will be playing football this fall, regardless of when they start up, the Big Ten in late October, the Pac-12, as we found out, early November, they're all eligible to be added back to the top 25 poll beginning, I guess what you say, today. We'll have more on that on tomorrow's podcast if you're listening to this on Sunday. But I think the BYU... I would like to say they stay in the top 20. I could see them. I, I very much clearly see them staying in the top 25. I think they've had two back-to-back dominant outings. I don't think the pollsters are going to automatically just dump them for some team that hasn't played already. I think BYU stays in the top 25. I hope they stay in the top 20, but I do think that they stay ranked ahead of next week's game. Our good friend Tyler Bergen reaching in, reaching out, I guess, at Yahoo Bugster saying winning in all three phases of the game is a rarity in any game. It's 2 a.m. here in Virginia. So this is three hours ago when he sent this, and I'm ready to watch it again. I like this team. Shame not to see the team attack the original schedule. No predictions on it, but it could have been fun. I think you're right about that, Tyler. This team looks very, very good right now, and I think it's an opportunity for BYU. Now, you, all you can do at this point is play who, play who is put in front of you. Go out there, dominate the opposition, and let the chips fall where they may. If BYU is 8-0 against the current schedule, maybe they add one or two more games, and they're riding high at 9-1, 10-0, I'm telling you what, BYU will be a top-20 team. I don't care who the opponents are. National pollsters, the people who cover this sport and vote for teams, if you have zero or one losses, they are going to sit up and pay attention no matter what your schedule looks like. I think BYU is going to get a benefit of a doubt from the pollsters who understand how difficult rescheduling their schedule was for BYU. That they're going to give them a little bit of a benefit of a doubt. You win games like you've done the first two games of the season this year, 55-3 to over Navy and 48-7 to over Troy. It's going to make people sit up and say, man, this BYU team is actually pretty good. So we'll see what happens here. A couple other things. Carson Allen, who missed the game due to COVID. Hopefully I answered your question earlier on. Guys like Kiefer Longson missed out. Uh, Tristan Hodge. Uh, Keenan Ellis. Uh, as well as Chris Jackson. Those just to name some of the guys. There are other guys who are on the practice squad, etc., who also missed this game. But the good news is I think BYU has figured things out. Hopefully they have no further outbreaks with COVID-19, and hopefully they can uh, stay healthy, etc., moving on forward. David Hatch at David Hatch said, BYU looks great. Let's pump the brakes on the playoffs. But BYU is a Power 5 caliber program, no doubt. I would agree with you, David. I think BYU has deserved to be in the Power 5 for some time now. And I think they're flexing some muscle this year. And I think some of those Power 5 teams are going to Pay, pay a little closer attention to BYU. It's kind of funny to see Reddit college football on Twitter say, hey, if BYU would have been invited to the Big 12 all those years ago, the Big 12 might actually have a win over a Sunbelt team. Zinger. There you go. It was pretty fun. All right, a couple other notes before we go on today's show. Uh, also coming in from Eagle Raider at Angio Stud. He says, I wish he would have played the whole game and shot for 600 yards passing, pad the stats. He's talking about Zach Wilson. It would have been cool. Of course, John Walsh owns the single game record for passing yards. 
somewhere in the 500 and I want to say 512 yards passing in a game. Let's put it this way. If Zach Wilson sets a single game record for passing, it would have been a pretty marvelous performance. And who's to say he couldn't have done it had BYU kept their foot on the pedal? Because he came out of that game with plenty of time to go in the fourth quarter. And if BYU keeps throwing the ball, it's not out of the realm of th- a possibility that he could have done that. So there you go, guys. Thank you for your responses. It was a blast to hear from you guys all night long on social media, on Twitter, on Instagram, just weighing in with all of your thoughts. Uh, By the way, a quick shout-out. Eric Drage, the former BYU star wide receiver, I asked for score predictions. He was the closest. He had a prediction of BYU 37, uh, Troy 14. I don't know that any of us really picked BYU to go above the 40-point mark. I had them at 38-27, to 27, uh, speaking of my prediction. But Eric Drage, getting a shout-out, you are the winner as the best, I guess, closest prediction to the actual score. So congratulations, Eric. You know what you're talking about. You played for some great BYU football teams, and apparently you know this team a little better than most of us. All right, that's going to do it for the special edition of the podcast. It's been an absolute blast to be with you guys. It is late. I am wired. I may not go to sleep tonight. I don't know. Of course, it's 3 a.m. here along the Wasatch Front as I record this, so who knows? I'll check in with you guys, I guess, tomorrow, today, sometime soon. I hope you guys have a great day whenever you hear this. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for September 27th, 2020. We will catch you guys tomorrow looking at where BYU is actually ranked in the brand new AP poll. See ya.